for victory. 91.5, Rise and Stein. Good morning on Good Friday. How kind of God just to allow us that time this morning to focus on what he did for us. Well, guess who's here? Guess who's here this morning? Well, because we, we said he would be here. <laughs> day two. Well, we're glad you made it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fry Ray. Fry Ray. <laughs> Ray Haynes is here. Uh, good morning, Ray. And thank you for just unpacking Jesus' bride yesterday. A lot of fun. Really mm-hmm. neat to dig into things and talking to folks at how, you know, when you dig into this, it changes your life mm-hmm. every time, mm-hmm. year after year after year. It still keeps doing it. A lot of this is new for us and, and new for many listeners. It's all been posted at the Victory website, Risenstein on Facebook, Risenstein on Twitter. Risenstein, uh, the Victory Facebook page, and, and there was a, there was a comment. I was going to say, and if you don't have any of those things, some people have, don't do Facebook and all mm-hmm. that. We actually have a pay uh, a little slide on our main website. You can click that and go there as well. Okay. Ooh, good. Jessica wrote on the Facebook page yesterday, and, and this uh, this leads into today. Mm-hmm. Okay, as you're going to talk about Passover, it has touched my heart and my soul. This the stuff we did yesterday and confirming what her Tuesday night Bible study said just it's right on track so she writes we've been studying the feast of the Lord and we will be celebrating Passover Seder on Saturday night many of us for the first time it is my first she writes and my boss who is Jewish and doesn't believe in God I get that (laughs) Hasn't celebrated a Seder since she was 12. Mm. Wow. She's now 70. Oh, my goodness. And she'll be going. She'll be going to the Seder. Many people have been praying for her salvation. She is like the mother I never had, and I cannot imagine eternity without her. Please pray for our celebration in Taylorsville, Georgia, and for Susan. So we thought... But as we begin this morning and talking about Passover, maybe you could just pray and, and just ask God to meet all those who, who don't know him Definitely. through this celebration. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, that if there, is, if there is one bottom line, that would be it. <laughs> In fact, we're going to start with the topic of Jew and Gentile, those two. And, and why, why do we as Gentiles, or why are we in the midst of a Passover? Well, it is for that very reason that God brought us in to help bring forth his chosen people. So, Father, oh, we just worship you, God. We thank you so much for your profound pictures, how you love to paint and color and create this this beauty that we don't even have words to describe this tapestry. That's from creation all the way until we look back at that garden from another garden called Paradise. When we say I do to you and receive you, we have we have married you. We have become one with the very God who made us. Mm-hmm. An impossibility that only you, through your blood, through your sacrifice, through your death and resurrection could accomplish. And Lord, you are our Passover. So God, we ask that today and from the fruit of yesterday and in, in every Passover service, any Seder that goes on, that, Lord, each and every moment, Lord, you would be drawing your people back to you. 
Father, you would be rescuing, redeeming, that you would suddenly shine a light that has just simply not been on. Mm -hmm. That you would open eyes to see, open ears to hear, and you would take a heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh that can receive. Lord, that is a miracle that only you can do. It's not through words or insights or teaching or any of that. It's just simply by your spirit, by your grace that's released to us. God, do that even right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 When Leanna said last year, it's it's time. It's time to bring the feast into our lives. Because mm-hmm. for so many years I had, you know, been at these empty, empty dinner tables. Mm-hmm. Empty of of anything of, of substance, just celebrating the tradition. And I often joke in my testimony, you know, I, I remember our, our Jewish holidays as, hey, everybody hates us. Enjoy your, <laughs> enjoy your dinner. <laughs> and and without, without the hope that is in the true Passover, yes. you know, that, that's what it could be. It could be what I grew up with. Mm-hmm. Now, we had fun at our, our Passover seders, and, and we enjoyed hiding the afikoman, which you'll talk about later. But it wasn't until Leanna said last year, let's have Passover, that Passover just became real. Mm. Well, isn't it kind of God that Passover represents our marriage to him, like, like Ray explained, but that through our marriage, honey, that mm. God <laughs> has reunited your mm-hmm. heart with that, our hearts together, and then your heart with that. So that's neat. Hallelujah. Oh, amen. <laughs> There's so many facets of your relationship as a husband and wife that that is your relationship with Christ. I mean, it is just it is probably the most beautiful picture, and that's you know it's the mystery and the most profound one. But it's still, you know, that 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 battle. It is that dying. I mean, we die daily in in a marriage. I mean, and that's that's hard. To, you you just feel like there ought to be a day when you stop dying. You, know, you just kind of fight back. <laughs> and, and guys, just one piece of encouragement: after four years of marriage, when things aren't going well, and maybe your wife says, "You know what? What's going on?" Don't don't just say, "I don't know. It's a mystery." <laughs> I don't understand you. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It says here it's a mystery, so I'm going with that. <laughs> All right. So the important things we're going to start with this morning, and God just shine your light on this word. It is for Jews and Gentiles. Passover is a beautiful time. Every feast is everything. Anything that God does is for everybody. <laughs> it started. It's always good if you ever get confused in theology. Go back to Genesis. Start there, chapter one, two, and three, and you'll notice that you know He's not against any race or any culture or this or that. It all started with Adam and Eve, and you are a descendant of of Adam and Eve. At the very least, you're a descendant of Noah. All right, and and all. All right. You've got one culture there, and it all comes from that. So any kind of attitudinal kind of stuff is very inappropriate, and it always answers it by going back to the beginning. How does God feel? It's, it's very good. It was pleasant. He made us for his pleasure. Mm. God has a plan for everyone. He's got a plan for the Jews. He's got a plan for the Gentiles. Mm. Still, they are two separate plans. They're different plans in the way that uh, two brothers are unique in their own right. It's nothing favoritism or anything like that. It's just he's got two plans. And one really important thing just to say, because there's this horrible theology called replacement theology. So just let me just say to that, that the church did not replace Israel. 
That's, Amen. It's really right. important to grasp that because mm-hmm. a lot of people get way over the edge and they, they lose sight. They just get so focused on the church that they miss that these two different streams are flowing together. We were both always in the plan from the beginning, mm. but the plan for the Gentiles came through the Jews. Right. All right. You can't take that part out and just make it stop at the cross because right. that's not what happened. So Jeremiah 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. Now that's today, the 14th of Nisan, it's Passover. My covenant, this new covenant happened when they broke, well that, let me just say that again, my covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them. Mm. Even back then, he was trying to make it as plain as he could make it, Mm -hmm. says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my law in their minds, write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, uh, Romans 11, just again uh, talking about Jew and Gentile, how we walk together. For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. We have a season, and it's a very significant, important season, but it's, it's a season, just a season. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The Deliverer will come out of Zion, and he will turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant with them, when I take away their sins. Mm. And that's Romans chapter 11. Mm. That is the hope that we hold on to that God has done something so amazing and so as we get ready to go into Passover what I want to do is just want to walk you through another one of those wonderful double shadows we love double shadows (laughs) you made it through yesterday's we're just going to dive in real quick real deep here so answer the question Rachel and Leah wives of Jacob won the world are you kidding he's got two wives two other maids and ends up with 12 children but why a patriarch why one that's representing Jesus what's he doing with two wives okay so it's a double shadow first of all that Leah is a representation of when we're single we're betrothed, we're engaged. While we were lost sinners, if you will. Okay. That's Leah. And when we're chosen married, that's Rachel. So mm-hmm. it's just a, it's, it's showing you a, a progression of what God is going to do. So you look at them, you look at their lives, what happened to them, and it's going to show you how God feels about you in each one of those states. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of times you look at sinners and, you, and it, sin angers you, and then they anger you. And you need to look from God's perspective. perspective the second shadow is Leah would represent the Gentiles, Rachel, the Jewish people. Mm-hmm. All right, So there's this coming together of these two concepts here. Mm. So how does God look at you in the kingdom of God as his bride? Jacob served seven years for Rachel. They seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. And he went on, he worked seven years, uh, Laban gave him Leah. <laughs> he went, ah, I worked seven years for Rachel. And so <laughs> he went also into Rachel and loved also Rachel more than Leah, served with him yet seven other years. So he serves a total of 14 years and ends up with these two brides, all right? And so this is the shadow. So the interesting thing here, why does Rachel represent the church? Rachel actually dies in childbirth. 
You see that that is that's we when we die to ourselves, sure. we become fruitful. And she gives birth to Benjamin, and she's actually buried in Bethlehem. Wow! Ironically, she represents the church in so many shadows and types. Won't even go there. But if you look, her children. Number one is Joseph, who actually ends up with the birthright, even though he wasn't the firstborn.、Mm-hmm. So he ends up his children, Ephraim and Manasseh, become tribes. And so that's an interesting little note there of how he looks the children. Benjamin ends up being the king line. First King Saul, Queen Esther, are both in his line. And she has another through the her maid servant Bilia is、uh, Dan and Naphtali. So those four come from Rachel. So you can look at that and kind of look at the churches. What's going on? But、mm. what I want to show you more is what Le- what's going on with Leah, because so as you're praying for you pray for people, as you're trying to understand why God loves you and how He loves you, and then you sin and you fail and you go, maybe He doesn't love me. As you go and wrestle through all that, the verse that would go with Leah is, you see. At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And Jacob's life is seven years of labor to get Leah, who he doesn't want. <laughs> What a beautiful picture! We got this beautiful bride ends up with this one, but you're going to watch this progression in Leah's life, and you're going to watch it through her children. Number one, she lives longer than Rachel, and ends up being buried in the family tomb with Abraham, Isaac, and, and all the rest, which is unique because the actual chosen one is Rachel. But see, as Gentiles and as those lost people were brought into、mm. this covenant. So she represents our flesh.、Um, she's dead and buried, and she's waiting for the last trumpet. So she's representing that for us. She also represents our earthly walk in pretty much every way. Got a bunch of kids, like eight kids, but two. The first two are very significant. So who she represents over here is amazing. That her children are Levi,、mm-hmm. who is the priestly line. We're talking Moses, Aaron, John the Baptist, Barnabas, and the other, another kid is Judah. Who is、uh, remember the lion from the tribe、sure. of Judah, right?、Mm-hmm. So Caleb was from Judah, Joseph and Mary, and of course, therefore Jesus. So the the bloodline actually comes through Leah, who wasn't the chosen, wasn't one the one he sought out, but one he pulled in and received. Wow! Now listen to the names of these kids, though. When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved. And that's what we were. We were, we were apart from Israel. We were, we were, we had no hope、sure. in the world.、Mm-hmm. All right. I get that. He enabled her to conceive. And again, you can't be saved apart from Christ. He's got to do the work. He's、mm-hmm. got to extend that grace to you. She named that first son Reuben, and this is why: because the Lord has seen my misery. Surely my husband will love me now.、Mm-hmm. So it's it's really all about her still, right? She conceived again, gave birth to a son. Because the Lord heard that I am not loved, He gave me this one too, and that's what the, the name means for Simeon. And then she conceived and she gave birth to a son, this third one. Now, at last, my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. So she named him Levi. All right. So this is that priestly line. This represents the law. All right. So what we're going to watch is you're going to watch Passover, and you're going to see a lot of these elements coming through. So what happens is there's a separation right here. God gives the law, but that's not where He's going. 
So she conceived again. She gave birth to a son. She said, this time I will praise the Lord. So instead of now my husband will love me, she gives birth to a son and finally says, thank you, God. Then she names him Judah. Wow. Okay, so keep in mind, because we're going to go through a lot of imagery today, right? Three sons while she's rejected. You're going to notice the progression in this meal. Three matzahs, three cups of wine mean something. Mm-hmm. And at the end, after the three cups of wine, we'll show you what happens. The fourth cup of wine or juice is called the cup of praise or Judah. So mm. it even throws back all the way what? to these children. <laughs> Mind all blown. Right. Okay. Whoa. Ha- hang on to that thought. Hang on to that thought. As we are walking through this this morning, as Ray mentions the shadow, just mm-hmm. have that picture. You're walking. You're walking down a sidewalk. Mm-hmm. You're walking down a sidewalk. There's a, the sun. S U N is behind you, yes. casting a foreshadow in front of you. So that shadow is the first thing that people encounter, but it's not the real you. So just kind of have that in the back of your mind as he's talking about shadows. And there's a progression here. So she's got the fourth son, and when Passover ends, after the fourth cup, what happens? Jesus goes to the cross. Mm -hmm. So there is a distinct something that happens there for Jew and Gentile alike. Everything changes. And remember, she stopped having children after the fourth child, supposedly. A few years go by, and a miracle happens. Leah is now a different person. She's done having children, so the next ones, in a sense, are supernatural. And she is now the shadow of a child of God in eternity. And look at her kids. Issachar, God has given me my reward. My reward. Zebulun, God has given me a choice gift. This time, my husband will exalt me. And she's right. It's who God is. It's what he does. In some ways, that is a beautiful shadow of the Gentile entry into the kingdom of God. Wow. So you never throw away the Old in the Old Testament and all the beautiful, profound pictures and shadows and types because they all give glory to God and they mm-hmm. all exalt Jesus. That's right. That's right. Mm. Grab your second cup of coffee. You ain't going to get this anywhere else. <laughs> uh, if this ain't a reason to support this ministry, I don't know what is. That's right. <laughs> Good morning. It's Rise and Stein, Victory 91.5.